This is uh, Corporal Hicks, or um, Aaron Percival, as some of you may know me. Um, you're listening to the 17th episode of the AVP Galaxy podcast. Uh, today we'll be having a special guest joining me, and that is um, Jim Moore, the author of the new Aliens novel, The Sea of Sorrows. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me, it's a pleasure. And at some point in this, Ridgetop will probably be jumping on as well. Um, so you'll you'll be hearing his lovely tones as well. Uh, well, th- like I say, thank you for joining. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, before we, you know, get into the meat of it, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, other than what everybody knows, which is you're writing the aliens novel. <laughs> well, I've been writing for quite a long time. I've done uh, for about twenty odd years. Mostly, what I've done in the past has been straight horror, but I've been moving more into fantasy and science fiction, and of course. Given the opportunity to work on an aliens novel, how could I ever say no? That's uh, always a pleasure to read those. Um, have you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Alien is a film that you do enjoy. Um, oh yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the first time you encountered uh, the film and, and the creature? I think I was about nine years old and saw it in the theater. Don't even know how I managed to get into the theater because it was an R-rated movie. And the part that I loved best was my brother cannot tolerate suspense. Oh. He was like curled up in a fetal position throughout the entire movie with his eyes bugged out. I loved it. You uh, you have some uh, nice rules over there, don't you, where you can actually go and see an R-rated film with an adult, I thought. As long as there's an adult, yes. Yeah. Was your brother not an adult? Close enough that he got away with it. There you go, then. <laughs> We, uh, we've our generation of alien fans have only had to be subjected to the AVP, so it's a nice treat for you. Um, what what about when you first got into writing? How, how did that come about? Well, I started out wanting to be a comic book illustrator, and it turns out you actually have to be able to draw to do that. <laughs> it's always a prerequisite for comic book drawing. Oh yes, well I showed my work to several people, including Mark McLaren over at Marvel Comics. And he liked it, but only the only thing he liked about it was the storytelling. He told me my anatomy sucked. He told me my buildings in the background were, you could tell I used a ruler, but they still weren't straight. And, uh, and he so told me then to seriously consider the writing aspect. And I submitted a story proposal to him and sold it to Clyde Barker's Hellraiser about two months later. You did Hellraiser? Oh, yeah. Only one episode. I also did Clyde Barker's Nightbreed. And I was going to take over both Nightbreed and Ecto Kid for Marvel Comics when both were cancelled. Ah, that sucks. Did, did Pretty much ended that? my comic book career, but I, I had the bug by then. So I started writing novels. So you didn't do any more comics after that? Wasn't for lack of trying, but it's a very strange little business. At that time, just about every editor that I knew got fired simultaneously. That's harsh. Is it not something you tried to get back into since, or is it solely the novels you're on to now? I, I enjoy the novels more. I would love to do a couple of comics if they came my way, but I'm not going out of my way looking for them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I suppose there's more meat and bones on them. It might, must be more fun as a uh, as a creative person to write them. It is. I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. I would love working in comics more, but sometimes the artist that you work with can be a little bit challenging or find you a little bit challenging, let's be fair. 
have you, have you had issues with um, with your creative partnerships before then? Nothing that wasn't fixed, but in, in one case, um, basically three pages the artist just completely ignored and rewrote. And at the last minute, I had to fix the script for that, which was a bit challenging. That's got to be irritating as the writer. I understand that you, Tim, and Chris are all pretty good friends, um, and that, that the novel itself came from Fox. However, what we haven't heard is how you all came to be the ones involved in the series. Um, can you? Well, Chris is uh, Chris is a go-getter, for lack of a better way to put it. And when he ran across the editor for Titan Books at a convention, he and I were talking to the gent, and he basically pitched it right then and there. We talked for about 20 minutes, and Chris suggested that he write one book, that I write one book, and then he also suggested that Tim write one book. And after about three months of consideration, they said, yeah, why don't we try that? All right. So Tim wasn't with you at that point? No, he was not. We've worked together on projects in the past, though. He's worked with Chris as a co-author a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and all three of us together worked on an anthology called The British Invasion, which was a really great little anthology of horror stories. How did you pick which book you were going to write? We actually talked that out after the fact. Um, pretty much the one that appealed to me the most was the one that I'm doing. Of course. Which is jumping forward substantially from where the, where the movies take place mm. and continuing on that series. That was something I actually thought was a, a little odd. Um, you know, the, the, your book seems to take place after Resurrection and the other books... Uh, well, Tim's book's just after Alien. Chris's book seems to be just before Aliens, start of Aliens kind of thing. And your book, slap bang in the middle of the trilogy, is all the way at the end. Uh, that is exactly the case. Is, is is there any particular reason for that? Well, it's nothing that's been decided one way or the other, but Fox was actually seriously looking at starting up the series again, and I suspect that they still are. And the actual notion for this came from one of the producers at Fox who said, we'd kind of like to run with this direction and see what happens. And he had mentioned that to the, to the uh, editor, and we discussed the concept and whether or not we thought it was something we could play with, and that's when Chris made the pitch. Right. But, but I mean, I mean the, the, time, the timeline parts of it seemed re- really odd, with yours in the middle being the one set at the very end. Well, all three stories are related, mm. but they're not necessarily related directly, if that makes any sense. In the case of my story, it takes place on the same world that Tim's takes place on. Yeah, I, th- I thought that would be the case. I was going to ask you that later as well. He, he mentioned that it was a, it was a locational connection. Um, so does, does that mean you'll actually be seeing the new aliens that Tim introduced as well? Or, or their, their civilization, their... They're ruins. Absolutely, you will. Ah, cracking. That's that's something that's never, never really played on. Um, a lot of books and a lot of comics tend to introduce these strange uh, Lovecraftian, ancient aliens that are one-off and, and then just forgotten. And it hasn't been until Prometheus where we've we've really gotten more about the uh, space jockeys. So I'm very I'm very glad that's uh, that's the case for you. Is is there any more connections in in there? Or is is it just... Well, there are familial connections. Because my character, and this is rather pertinent to the story, is a direct descendant of Ellen Ripley. 
Is that Ripley 8 or no clone? No, it's really Alan Ripley. Okay. So so this this story doesn't involve any of the Ripley clones from the end of Resurrection or anything? No, that's discussed in there, but they're not directly related to the story itself. Okay. So that... Ah, but doesn't uh, doesn't Burke tell Ripley that Amanda had no no family? Well, Aliens. Or, or that's is, presuming that Burke was telling the truth anywhere along the way, or that he knew. Is, is this a secret I'm going to have to get into when I read the book? <laughs> well, you have to remember that uh, the video game is coming up with with Ellen's Ellen Ripley's daughter. Yeah. I imagine they're going to discuss that a bit in there, but that's where part of the springboard comes from. Okay, well, that's that's something else for me to ask you later. That was a question we had from one of our fans, actually. Um, so I'll I'll come back to that in a bit then. Absolutely. Um, so no no clones, which I think a lot of people might be happy about, because there was there did seem to be some worry about there being the clones in it. No, there will be no clones involved in this one. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm going to go for the the broad question now. Um, because well, we we know next to nothing about your book. Um, can you spill a bit more beans on it and tell us about the general plot of uh, of Sea of Sorrows? Well, the general plot is this particular character who happens to be a descendant of Ripley uh, also happens to have a direct connection to the aliens that the aliens put there. Okay, they basically have marked him as an enemy because of the fact that he's a genetic descendant of Ripley's. Okay, so the alien aliens or the new aliens that Tim introduced? The alien aliens. Okay. Okay. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going actively hunting for him. So it's a him. It is a him. It is a him. Uh, He is stuck in a bad situation because Weyland-Yutani who has made a comeback, decides that he's the perfect way to try to get their hands on the aliens once and for all. All So you're playing on the sort of genetic memory thing that uh, they introduced in Alien Resurrection with this? Lightly on that, also on the hive mind mentality of the aliens. So are you going to get a bit into the meat and bones of the the aliens themselves then? Because that's not something people tend to play with. A bit more, not a lot more, because, of course, everything that we did had to be approved by Fox, and there are certain things I don't think Fox is quite certain how they want to approach you with yet. Sounding interesting. So, you know, like you say, this, this, a lot of this has come from Fox, and um, it does go to approvals, and they don't, from what we understand, generally seem to take much of a hands-on approach with, with comics and uh, novels. How, how did you find working with them? I found it a lot of fun. It was a bit challenging because I turned in the Aliens vs. Predator, or the Aliens novel, Sea of Sorrows, and waited quite a while to get a response back. I got the response. I made changes to the novel for the, for the editor's suggestions. And then a week later, Fox read the entire novel and had to make several more changes on a very tight deadline. They decided to incorporate things that had not originally been incorporated into the book. All right. Did that cause you much issues? More a matter of just making sure that I had all my facts right. The good news is, because I am a geek and I've read all of the books and watched all of the movies, it wasn't that challenging. They also sent me a really cool file I can't share with anybody. Balls chock full of information from all of the movies and games and books incorporated. The games and books? 
whichever ones they decided were canon were included in this. Right. And there are references to certain books and references to certain games, but I won't go into detail on that because I'm not supposed to. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, it's I'm, they have plans of putting this out in one form or another in the near future. And are they working on a? Um, they are working on a big sort of comprehensive report type thing, which. Yes. And that's what I got my hands on, an early version of that. Okay, okay. so it's their sort of Bible that they... Okay, that's, that's pretty... Very much so. Pretty fascinating. I love these things, you find out so much. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of preparation did you did you put into writing Sea of Sorrows? I mean, most people tend to not really bother with the old, the old stories, the old books, and just go for the films, but did you, you know, have a, a bit of a broad spectrum... I actually picked up um, several of the Dark Horse comic collections and read those. The, the comic books, or the, the right. I also read some of the books I had read before, including you know the actual novelizations of all of these. Mm. And then I watched all of the movies and every background piece I could, including, and not limited to Prometheus. Suppose, however, you might love or and or hate Prometheus, but it is part of the canon now. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's relatively loose connection at the minute, but it's there. It's there. You can't deny that. So, exactly the case, sir. So, um, if you've read the older ones, I've got to ask, what what is your favorite of the comics? You know, I don't really know. I enjoyed a good, good amount of what I read. Oddly enough, I think my favorite was probably Batman versus, or rather Superman versus, which of course wouldn't have any solid foundation at all, but as well. Was it just more fun for you? Yeah. Kind of a kick watching him get himself in a situation he couldn't get out of easily. Are you a, a bit of a DC fan yourself, then? Not of a new DC. <laughs> you don't like the 52? I'm very unimpressed by it. What, even the uh, even the Batman Superman? Yep. Uh, I, I Certain things should not be changed. For example of that is the Man of Steel movie. I'm sorry, but Superman's not the guy that sits there and lets Metropolis get trashed. <sighs> that, that was a pretty big complaint about that one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But granted, I think it gave it the the feeling of two super beings fighting each other, but not super. Just imagine how much it costs these cities to rebuild after superheroes save them, quotation marks. Well, that's just it. I mean, if you look at the Avengers, they at least tried to save New York. Superman, on the other hand, was punching a bad guy around the buildings. No problem. 150 people sitting down for dinner. It's okay if we knock that building down. They're just mortals. Uh, I think I've hit a bit of a sore spot there. <laughs> oh, what? Just, just as a completely side tangent here, then what about the Marvel stuff? I'm much more impressed by that. Okay. The comics are floundering, but the movies are great. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really surprised at how well the uh, cinematic universe is doing for them. Well, they got smart. They finally realized that they should incorporate those things together, and I don't know, read the source material. That's half the that's half the fun of comics, though, isn't it? It's the interconnect interconnectedness of it all, and to incorporate that into the films themselves as well is it's genius. I love it. I thoroughly I enjoy completely. the Marvel stuff. I agree completely. It's a lot smarter move. Mm. Or you know, not make the bat the next Superman film a Superman film. Make that everybody else's film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I digress. I do apologise. Not at all. I'm enjoying the conversation, my friend. So, going back to the book, um, yeah, the editors had you change something, Fox had you change something. Um, 
was was there anything that you wanted to do but you just ultimately couldn't for whatever reason you know we were on a tight deadline on that and I think I did everything I wanted to including dropping a couple of secrets in there that people may or may not find we'll call those easter eggs for lack of a better way to put it Mm. um if we end up doing a sequel for this and that's apparently a possibility I would be dropping a lot more how how much how much time did you have on the book? I had a good amount of time, but I have to be honest with you, I don't normally suffer from writer's block and I did on this one. Because it was intimidating as all get out. Really? Dude, I love aliens. Okay. But the idea of working on stuff that's been touched by so many people who did such a great job with so much of it was very intimidating for me. It's a different thing when you're playing in your own sandbox mm. versus playing in somebody else's. That's what you mostly do, though, isn't it? I mean, from the looks of it, you don't tend to write any media times. Um, I've done a couple, but not very many. Hmm. I'd do more if I was offered, and I might do more in the future. You never know. Okay. But I'm also very busy with my own projects. Yeah. I suppose you get the more more freedom on that, though. They've got to be more rewarding as a you know, as a creative person, as a writer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, I love working in the Alien book, but... You know, if I want to turn around and make something new and interesting happen in there, it has to get approval from so many people. It's not remotely funny. Did you find it pretty restrictive then? I did not actually, because we had discussed what we wanted to do, and because I was given a little bit more free range than a lot of people. I didn't have to worry quite as much about what's going on with the history of, or what's going on right now with Ripley, etc. She wasn't a character for me. She's all in the past. And I got to play around with what's going on with the Colonial Marines, with what's going on on Earth, and everything else in the process. So it's pretty, pretty broad spectrum of what we what we'll be seeing in the novel then. Lots. I mean, because Alien Resurrection didn't, didn't really tell you much about what was going off, did it? It was it was his own little thing. Wayland Utani had disappeared. There's no Colonial Marines in Earth somehow been destroyed but it trashed whatever so you you do sort of handle handle this stuff that we weren't told about oh yes uh including how Wayland yutani makes a comeback okay. and why they make a comeback you you going with the they were brought out by walmart thing or are we ignoring that we're well i, I think it was burger king if i'm not mistaken actually at the end of the but it's been a while uh but it's there, and it's part of the entire thing. All of the movies are included in this. Okay. But it's not the end of the story by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Ooh, it, sounds like you, it sounds like you've got quite a lot going on here. A lot going off here. A lot of fun playing with that stuff, yeah. What, what, did, you, what did you enjoy most about working on Sea of Sorrows? Well, working with the aliens, obviously, was a blast. Coming up with new weapons, dealing with, a new, with an environment that Tim had already created, and the changes that took place in that environment over several hundred years. There's got to be here. There's got to be some severe changes on the planet for that. Absolutely. Do do Tim's aliens come back? And uh, I don't. He never named his new aliens, did he? Um, he never did. Did did the, they were dog alien type things, weren't they? Uh, did they? show up alive in your novel? Sort of, kind of. 
uh, more along the lines of you find some of the alien descendants. Okay, so not it's not there, not the originals, obviously, but uh, so the, the species was alive and thriving, and we we learn a bit more about them. Well, you learn a whole lot of, of background on a loose sense about them. Okay. okay, you learn why that ship was there and what it was doing there. The one buried under. The yes. Ship. Okay. Uh, if if just bear with me, uh, Ridge Tops, uh, now ready to to join us. Uh, so I'll just add him into the conversation. Hey. Hello. Um, Hi, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you, my friend. Likewise. So th- this is Ridge Top. He's a fellow member of uh, the AVP Galaxy staff. He normally joins us on uh, on podcast night. Who's uh, doing the? Uh, Boyfriendly duties tonight, weren't you? Yeah, sorry, running a bit behind here. Dude, let's have our priorities in place here. <laughs> At the end of the day, keeping keeping your lady happy is much more important than keeping me happy. <laughs> uh, I, I debated it. I'm pretty excited for this book. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of it. Here, there be tigers. I've just sent you the first of our questions. Okay. All right. Well, um, some of our readers had some questions for you. First, Ultramorph from our forums wanted to know how aware you were of the other alien projects, such as Dark Horse's Fire and Stone series or Creative Assembly's Alien Isolation, and if they had any bearing on your writing of Sea of Shadows. Uh, Creative Assemblies did, in fact, have a bearing, but I don't know if I can tell you what that bearing was. For sake of your story or theirs? The sake of theirs. So they're, they're actually... For the sake of the, the, the Bible they sent me. I don't know if any of that's been revealed yet, therefore I really can't. Okay. We know very little about alien isolation at this point. Um, other than that it involves uh, Amanda, Amanda Ripley and the Broken Space Station. Exactly. Oh, I'm very, very curious how this is all connected at the minute. Oh, they were very, they're very meticulous about this. I had two different people from Fox going over with the fine-tooth combs. Did you actually get to play play any of Alien Isolation or anything like that? Did they have you down at Creative Assembly? or? You know what? Unfortunately, no. The fact of the matter is I work full-time and I write full-time, and even if I had a video game to, to play, I wouldn't have had a chance to. Do you not really play, play any of the games then or anything? Like no, I would love to, but I, there's no time, dude. That's fair enough. And Ultramorph was also wondering um, if there would be any Prometheus elements in, in the book. Absolutely. Anything that wouldn't spoil the story or...? More more references to than anything else. There won't actually be any any of the uh, space jockeys in this. So no, nothing on your book hinges in hinges on what Prometheus introduced. I mean, like Tim's, Tim's whole ending sort of and it coming back in line with canon hinged on something from Prometheus. Nothing like uh, pretty much mine follows the legacy that Tim started, but doesn't go any further with it. So just like little nods here and there, pretty much. Absolutely. There are nods to every single movie. Also, um, Jake later had a question from our Facebook page. He wants to know if any synthetic characters uh, are going to be appearing in Sea of Sorrows. Yes. Following the alien trend, of course. Exactly who that is, I will not say. Uh, so, so there's there's potential for Cal's lot, maybe. 
I'm sorry for who? Um, crap, I can't remember her name. Um, Winona Ryder's um, character. Her her synthetics were like a special breed of um, androids built by androids. Is is it anything like them? Nope. This is definitely one that, that is that is uh, working for the corporation, as it were. And the uh, the Bible I was talking about mm-hmm. goes into a little bit more detail on synthetics and their history, which is interesting. That's but again, I can't tell you much about it. Is that something you'll be playing on in your novel, or is he just... Reference, but not played on too heavily. Okay. So what are the major themes for you in, in Sea of Sorrows? What's the sort of stuff you play with? Well, one of the big things that factors into this again is now that Waylon Yutani's gotten got back up to their proper snuff, how much impact they have as a corporation on everything that goes on. Okay, I mean, the, big, the fact of the matter is, they're not good people. They might have good ideas, they might be doing things for the right reasons in their minds, but they're not good people. And um, we have another question about, how do you personally interpret the aliens and their intelligence? Um, Tim Levin in uh, the last one kind of touched upon that a little bit, that the aliens were more intelligent than some people... Uh, give them credit for so do you go into that at all in your book yes they are they are as far as i'm concerned i'm with them they're a lot smarter than people give them credit for they're also much better at working together than people give them credit for so you were saying earlier about actually going into the hive mind a little bit more do you show some cooperation between them yes very much so okay this is all i've been very interesting so far so, Ridgetop, um, was there anything you wanted to get out there? Yeah, I I know I'm a bit late to the party here, so I apologize if this has already been asked, but I was just wondering how much involvement did you have with um, Christopher Golden in his River of Pain novel and also Tim Levin and Out of the Shadows in terms of like a connection between the three novels? Is there like an overarching story between all of them um, with reoccurring characters or... Do they just have little nods to each other, or are they all kind of their own independent stories that just take place in the Alien Films universe? They, they are all interconnected to one level or another. Um, obviously, Tim's and Chris's are very heavily connected. Mine is deeply connected pretty much to Tim's. It takes place on the same world. Oh, really? Oh, that's yes. interesting. So is- but again, several hundred years in the future, so things have changed. Does yours not really play into Chris's at all? Then is is it mostly all about this planet and the? It does play into it more as a background piece than anything else. Yours is a background piece to his. His is a background piece to mine. Right. So is is it going to be a novel we want to come back to? um, You know, when all three are out after we've read Chris's, are we going to want to come back to yours? Is there going to be extra stuff we pick up when we read it? I'd say that's a very distinct possibility. Very sharp about this. Uh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. There's some yeah. secrets that go on in both of those books, and I don't want to mess them up. <laughs> also, um, overall, how how did you enjoy writing the book, and would you like to return to the Aliens franchise sometime in the future? I would do so in a heartbeat. I enjoyed it a lot once I got over being intimidated. Hey, it, it was saying earlier, it gave him a little bit of sort of writer's block, you know, facing this facing this franchise. Which I think I think is absolutely fantastic to hear to to hear how people are affected when it comes to writing for something they enjoy so much. 
Well, that's just it. I didn't want to do it wrong. I wanted to make sure I was doing it the right way, you know? There's so much really cool stuff in that universe. Now, a, a lot of people, um, more than I wish, actually, don't, to, don't tend to give these kind of expanded universes, you know, much attention. They, they, don't, they see the book and they're like, nah, it's not the films. What would you say to people like that to try and try and get them involved try and get them reading these books if it's not something they would have done before well again if they're if they're into sneak previews like i said i can't guarantee that what's going on in this book will be the future of the series but that's where the springboard is for this because because of fox's heavy involvement in it exactly it was fox that came up with the basic plot line of this we expanded it substantially they did not shoot it down Wet my appetite, something, something chronic here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we've we've just about burnt through a lot of the questions we had, um, so I'm just just going to sort of throw it out there, and I want to know what is your favourite of the Alien films, and why. Hands down, my favourite of them was Aliens. Okay. I like the fact that there was a lot more action in there. I also like the fact that they showed the stuff that was left out of the first movie. In terms of... What they... In terms of the aliens' chest bursters, the fact that they actually build nests and keep all the people locked in the same place. so that you act... and, and the fact that the queen is there, and you get to see a lot more of the hierarchy that goes on within the aliens. So is, uh, are a lot of those elements... I mean, I know the books are under the Alien title, not the Aliens title, but they use a lot of elements from Aliens. You better believe it. And without any hesitation at all. And we're, you said we're going to be getting some cloning marines in there as well? Is, is this more of an action piece, do you think, then? This is definitely more of an action piece. Okay. Uh, colonial marines? Not so much. Mercenaries who used to be marines? Absolutely. I also had another quick question. Um, have you read any of the previous novels under the DH... Uh, press books, either Aliens, Predator, or AVP, uh, was there a particular author that you enjoyed reading or a book that's your favorite? You know, not directly that I can think of off the top of my head. As I, as I warned earlier, I'm on, uh, I, I've got up at 4.30 this morning, so, or 4 o'clock this morning, <laughs> so I'm not on my best. Oh, no worries. I enjoyed a lot of it, but I couldn't tell you who wrote them. So, uh, not something you'd, you'd really go back to because of your sort of lifestyle. No, it's, I, would, I would probably enjoy them wholeheartedly, but uh, pulling them up right now, I couldn't tell you which ones I had or where, which were ones I read first. I, I, to be honest, Jim, I think that about covers it. Um, it's, it's hard to really get too much out um, without spoiling too much. Um, and that's the challenge of doing an interview before a book comes out. Yeah, I want to make sure I don't ruin anything for anybody. But I think you've got plenty of appetite waiting going off here. Uh, but if you don't mind, you know, after after the books come out, after we've had a chance to read it, um, we could have another chat, maybe, you know, get a bit more into into the behind the scenes and stuff like that. I'd love to. Cool. I'd be delighted. All right. Talk about the juicy spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So before we do, just knock it on the head and call it quits. Here, is is there anything that I haven't given you the opportunity to say? Is there anything you want to tell our listeners? No, except I really hope they enjoy it. I had a lot of fun writing it, and I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting twist. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, 
that's the end of the 17th episode of the AVP Galaxy podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Jim. And thanks very much for having me, guys. Thanks for showing up as well, Ridge Top. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it couldn't be sooner. Um, and hopefully we'll have uh, we'll have Chris on at some point, and we'll have uh, Jim on again to go over after the books come out. It'll be lovely. See you all later. Take care, guys.